Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. You are now listening to the Caderna Podcast. It is episode number nine, and today is September 18th, 2019. I'm your host, Brian Caderna, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Got a lot of uh, great information that we're going to touch on. You know, as we've been going through this journey over the past eight episodes, we've covered a lot of different areas of personal finance, uh, business advice, and just different ways to improve your life in some way, shape, or form, which of course is the whole emphasis of this podcast. And if you look back, you know, to I believe it was episode four, uh, one of the the subjects we had spoken on was how long will a million dollars last in retirement? All right, great question I get quite often, and we really uh, went through a lot of different scenarios to see if a million bucks would be enough. Is that the perfect nest egg, too much, too little, so on and so forth. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to episode four, because that's a great starting point for what we're going to address today. And what we're going to touch on today is in a similar vein, but from kind of a different angle. And it is the early retirement you didn't plan for. I'll say that again. Today's title of the podcast or the episode is the early retirement you did not plan for. Okay. So now a forced retirement, that might sound like a bit of an oxymoron. You might say, hey, early retirement sounds good to me. Almost like too long of a vacation. How is that possible? But the reality is for a lot of folks that do go into a forced retirement, it's not as peachy as you might expect. And according to the Center for Retirement Research, 37% of retirees had to stop working sooner than expected. All right, I'll repeat that one again. The Center for Retirement Research shows that 37% of people that are in retirement today are there not by choice. They were forced out of the workforce and they did not anticipate that that early exit. Okay. So that's what we're going to, you know, kind of hone in on is, you know, some people out there want to work forever and they say retirement. Well, if I retire, what do I do next? All right. That's, that's a great conundrum. I hear from a lot of my clients that are kind of approaching the doorstep of retirement is maybe we're there financially, but mentally, emotionally, what's going to get us up every day, get us out of bed and ready to go. So we're going to kind of go over a lot of different uh, scenarios here on the front end. How can you prepare for an early retirement on the back end? um, How does an early retirement of someone else affect you? uh, And what is that doing to the economy as a whole? So we've got a lot of, you know, information, particularly demographics that we're going to go over that I think are pretty eye opening. And we'll see how that affects, you know, again, the economy and you personally with your own financial plan. All right. So when you think about why would people exit the workforce prematurely, you know, again, not by choice, the main issues folks are going to point to are health issues. Okay. Like we just talked about last week in episode eight, um, you know, what disability can do to a, a financial plan or to a career. So that's probably the number one reason people are leaving the workforce early, not by choice is their own health issues. Number two could be employment problems. All right, that's typically going to be, you know, you're, you're getting laid off, you got the pink slip, maybe it's, it's 2008 and, you know, companies are downsizing or you used to be working on Wall Street and then everything got automated and uh, or sent overseas. The, you know, so much is changing uh, here domestically in our economy, you know, via technology and globalization. So maybe it was an employment issue that, that kind of sent you off sooner than anticipated. And then the last one that can provoke an early retirement and I think this will be the real driver today of what we're going to go over is familial difficulties. 
Okay, those related to our own family. So this might be the situation where you're saying, I love what I do. I want to keep working. I enjoy my employer and, and who I work for and my boss, and we got a great relationship. Everything's going smoothly. And now life just threw me a curveball to no fault of my own, but maybe because of an obligation or a responsibility I have to a family member that now I have to step up to the plate, put my own career on the back burner to care for a loved one. Okay, this is something we're going to kind of touch on today, and we're going to go over why it's becoming much more prevalent, and I think it'll only become an even bigger issue every day as time goes on. Okay, so again, going over an early retirement, not the one that you dreamed of, okay? And, and we'll go over that in a lot of episodes like we have already of how to retire early if that's your dream, but now we're talking about what if that's not what we dreamed of? What are we going to do? So to hone in on that last cause again, which are familial, dif familial difficulties, let's talk about the current state of family caregiving, okay? Now, I think that demographics are going to give us such a good vantage point uh, because there's so much uh, data there that, that we can extract. And demographic changes kind of occur in slow motion. It's not like baby boomers are working and then the next day they're all retired, right? But their momentum is inevitable, Okay, everybody is going to age, every generation is going to come to light and then eventually kind of fade away. And that's just the inevitable course of mankind. Okay, but looking at all that and studying how those trends occur is what's going to, you know, help us prepare for the future. All right, so according to the Urban Institute, over the next 50 years, the number of older Americans with disabilities is expected to increase by two and a half times. Okay, again, over the next 50 years, the number of older Americans with disabilities is expected to increase by two and a half times. All right, just think about that, that figure for a minute, guys. All right, this is where a lot of folks will say, you know, thank God that we're living longer than ever. But also one of the biggest problems that we're having is we're living longer than ever. All right, the advances in medicine, of course, are giving us a, a more of a quantity of life, but not always a greater quality of life. And that's often what's happening, especially with our older uh, you know, population. All right, the bulk of that increase uh, of elderly with disabilities is expected to occur amongst the oldest old, okay, which are those over the age of 80. Okay, so medicine's doing a, a lot of good, but it's also creating a lot of new unique pressures to people, particularly financially, and also to their loved ones that surround them. Okay, so at the same token that we have people living longer than ever, if we flip the coin and we look at the birth rate in developing countries, the birth rate is declining dramatically. Okay, so now what we're running into is this strange combination of more and more folks needing care particularly our, you know, grandma and grandpa, and less available to offer it as we're having less babies and, uh, of course, less people to come kind of fill that void, all right? So that can have a lot of far-reaching effects. I mean, not to sidestep, but when we think about the what a lot of people kind of point to as an immigration issue here in America, the other kind of side of the argument often says, hey, a lot of these immigrants that are coming in are fulfilling a lot of the void or the gap that's being created by domestic Americans just not, uh, you know, populating as much as they used to, okay? What I'm getting at, not having as much babies as they used to. 
So let's take a look at kind of what all that means and, and who's kind of taking that responsibility for particularly these elderly. All right, some more data here, and then we'll get into, you know, I don't want to bore you with statistics, but they do tell the story. In 2016, the National Alliance for Caregiving showed that roughly one in six Americans are taking care of a disabled family member. All right, one in six Americans are taking care of a disabled family member. That caregiver, on average, is 49 years old, and 60% of the time, that caregiver is a female. Okay, so when you think about someone helping, you know, a disabled family member, think of a middle-aged woman, and that's typically who's stepping up to the plate for that responsibility. Okay, those relatives who do say, okay, this is, this is my job now to kind of shift gears and take care of another, what they're realizing oftentimes is relocation. Maybe they're having to up and move to be closer to a parent. Oftentimes house reconfiguration, where they say, okay, we're not moving way out of state, but mom's on her own now. She really needs somebody there. Why don't we make an addition to our house? Okay. Or why don't we turn the garage into a bedroom or whatever the case may be so that now we can have that mother daughter feel. They're certainly incurring additional expenses. And of course there's work interruption. Okay. There's only so many hours in a day. A human can only do so many things at once. It's quite difficult to take care of somebody and give your all to them while at the same time being the peak earning years of your career as perhaps an executive or a leader within your organization. So how does a caregiver prepare for that? Okay, if now all of a sudden they have to step up and take care of mom or dad in their later years and recognizing that I just can't continue my work anymore, how does one prepare for that early retirement provoked, you know, by the downfall of a loved one. Okay. So it certainly offers a lot of newfound stressors. I think anyone that's kind of stepped into that role would, would agree, but also a lot of rewards. You know, someone grateful might say this is the ultimate repayment to mom or dad for all those years of child rearing and support. Uh, but however, some level of stress in that new role and that breaking of your daily routine is certainly unavoidable. Okay. So some of the steps to prepare for this unwanted early retirement, it typically involves the same retirement strategies we often talk about, but just doing more and earlier, okay? So we're still planning for an early retirement that we dreamed of. It's just now that we've gotten there, that dream has now been a little bit distorted because now perhaps we're not traveling the world, we're taking care of a loved one, okay? So certainly if we've prepared for an early retirement, then we're good, or we're certainly better off than if we hadn't. But some things in addition to think about is going to be, how can I stay liquid in my 50s? All right, liquidity may become extremely critical for financial support of the disabled, as well as now my own family, if I'm not able to produce the income we're also used to. All right, this is where savings inside of non-qualified accounts uh, can become so valuable. All right, so non-retirement accounts, just your standard transfer on death or brokerage accounts that you have access to. So if you say, okay, I need to, to kind of tap into something prematurely here, pre-59 and a half, I have some accounts available. Those are going to be non-qualified accounts. It might be Roth IRAs, which as you may have heard in prior episodes, uh, your contributions are available tax and penalty free at any time. Okay, so if you're 
saying, wow, that sounds pretty cool. Again, go back to episode two, the Roth option, and we really go through kind of what that is, all the ins and outs. So we got non-qualified accounts, we got Roth IRAs, we have cash value life insurance, okay, often used as a foundation to a financial plan, um, more often than not whole life when we're in that kind of space. Maybe some of those cash values can now be made available sooner than originally planned, okay? And then also you might be saying, well, how do I replace the income? You know, I don't want to just kind of deplete my assets. Well, certainly having created, you know, ahead of time, any source of passive income, uh, that could be from your investment portfolio. Maybe you invested in a rental property at some point in your life. Some of those things can certainly help alleviate any lost income from the workplace. Okay. And then lastly, in that same space of how a caregiver can prepare for, you know, this responsibility, there's always an argument for life insurance on a non-income producing homemaker, okay? I hear that a lot from people of, oh, you know, I'm working every day, I'm making a ton of money, of course I need life insurance to protect my family, my house, etc. But my wife or my spouse, you know, stays at home and takes care of the family, doesn't work, doesn't really make an income per se. So why ever get life insurance on her All right, or him perhaps? Well, just like we can never kind of uh, replace the endless duties, you know, that a mom does for us. I think that a, a husband that's so used to going to the office every day will suddenly have to either replace their lost income as they now fill that void or if they want to continue to work, now they perhaps have to hire help to take care of the kids, take care of the house, and the thousand other things. That costs money, okay? So there is a monetary value to that homemaker that could be extremely high. You could say it's as high as the, the high income earner, the breadwinner's income, because now that's been totally altered by the loss of you know, the spouse. The point I'm making here is now if that homemaker is going to transition into this kind of phase two of now not just being responsible for raising children, but now being responsible to take care of, you know, an ailing mom or dad, all right, again, all of that value to be able to take care is again recognized. And that's where you could certainly make the argument for life insurance on that homemaker, because if they're not there to take care of an ailing mom or dad, who is? Is it you, the breadwinner? Because you better have a plan B unless you want to be the one retiring early uh, should you be a, a single mom or dad or now a, a single son or daughter. So hopefully that kind of makes sense of some ways that the caregiver can uh, prepare. And then the other thing to think about too is how can a care receiver prepare? Okay, so now think of grandma or grandpa saying, you know, I don't ever want to be a burden, okay? You hear that word thrown out a lot. I don't ever want to be a burden on my loved ones, okay? There's ultimately three solutions for that care receiver to plan ahead and have the peace of mind that they'll never be a burden, All right? The first one is to personally fund their care, okay? That could be from a third party, um, you know, having a, a nurse come in the house or a uh, some sort of caregiver or going into an assisted living Okay, and personally funding that care that could come from either spending down their assets if they've done a good job saving that could come from maybe long term care insurance or an accelerated benefit rider on their life insurance uh, It could come from Medicaid uh, or it could come from any other resources available to pay for assisted living and the like. 
So the first one is just to kind of pay your own way and say, I'm not going to bother my kids or nieces, nephews, whatever. The second solution is if they are concerned about care, but they want to stay home and be surrounded by family, perhaps they can plan ahead for actually having a stipend available to their caregiver, okay, to actually pay their son or their daughter for that care. And now that that might not sit well with most of you, and I get that. I think you know, most sons and daughters might have a perhaps a sense of guilt accepting any financial reimbursement from their mom and dad after all that they've done. But that might be a situation where their grandma and grandpa in this case are saying, hey, take this. It'll make me feel better. I'm taking away from your earning potential from your daily routine. It's the least I can do to, to feel that I'm not a burden. And so perhaps that's a mutually beneficial arrangement. And then the third solution that a care receiver can think about is equalization within their estate planning, okay? This would be the choice to perhaps leave behind greater assets to the child who did retire early to take care of them, All right? To say, I have three children, two are out there killing it, making millions, um, but the third one, you know, my, my youngest daughter, she came to save the day and cared for me for the last five years when things really got tough. And so obviously now I want to reimburse her, not just for the love, but also for the financial uh, consequence that she realized. All right, so that can obviously be done through any estate or legacy planning. And probably the most efficient solution in that respect is going to be permanent life insurance. Okay, an income tax-free inheritance to replenish any of those lost wages or savings that the caregiver missed out on. All right, so again, that also brings up a whole nother conversation that goes the back and forth of should we carry life insurance in retirement? If we understand that the life insurance can really be a permission slip to use other assets or to never disinherit, then perhaps there is that good argument there for this particular instance, okay? To take care of someone who now had to take care of us. All right, so will you or your loved ones uh, need to prepare for the responsibility of caregiving? You know, nobody has a crystal ball. But demographics are showing that this great responsibility is becoming more and more common by the day. All right. So please, guys, think about it on the front end, like we said about I might have to retire early someday. Hopefully it's to the retirement that you dreamed of. But there may be some other hiccups along the way. And one of the key ones is taking care of those who took care of us for so long, taking care of our elderly. Okay, they're living longer. Thank God. But sometimes as they're living longer, they're not in the same shape of mind physically or mentally to care for themselves. All right. And now if we have to step up to the plate, there are these far reaching effects I've gone through. And we don't want that to totally derail your financial plan that you've worked so hard for. So think about preparing early. Think about liquidity. Okay. Think about that that age 59 and a half sensitivity that invades almost every qualified retirement plan that's shoved down our throat from pensions and 401ks and 403bs and thrift savings plan and IRAs and all those things that do have some stipulations to them. If we need money early to care for ourselves or our loved ones, can we get it? Think about that, okay? And if we're on the back end and we're saying, you know, I don't ever want to be a burden, okay, then that I don't think that's something that any grandma or grandpa or parent should feel. But if they want to try and make up for what they felt was a burden, perhaps their estate planning and things of that nature can come uh, kind of save the day, if you will. 
All right, so thanks again for tuning in, guys. This has been episode nine of the Kaderna podcast, the early retirement you did not plan for. Please keep tuning in. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube. Uh, we're now on iHeartRadio. So tell your friends, spread the good word, leave us a review. If you have topics you want to hear about, send them on over to the Kaderna podcast at gmail.com. We'll certainly uh, you know, give it consideration. If you have guests that you're saying, you know, I really want to hear your philosophies kind of interact with this guest or this talking head I see on TV or what have you, let us know. We'll get them on here. All right. Next week, I'll be sitting down with Marcus Ogden. Uh, you might hear that name. His older brother was probably one of the best offensive linemen in NFL history. But Marcus, who we're going to sit down with, also had a very successful NFL career in his own right. But along the way, ran into a, quite a financial roller coaster, both in his playing days and afterwards when he built up a very lucrative developing and construction company and then lost it all. So we're going to really dive into the nitty gritty of some of the, the ups and downs that he's faced and some of the woulda, coulda, shoulda that he's learned along the way to prepare and be financially responsible. All right, keep on tuning in. Thanks again. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna, and we'll see you next week. podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Listeners should contact their own tax or legal advisors in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor at Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities products and services and advisory services are offered through PAS, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, 973-244-4420. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PASS is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Caderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance LLC are not affiliates or subsidiaries of PASS or Guardian. Caderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance LLC, a general agency of the Guardian. PASS is a member of FINRA SIPC, California Insurance License Number OK04194.